Hey, hey, Connected peeps. Here we are once again for another episode of the Connected Adventist Podcast with your host, the one, the only, Catalina Arevalo. I don't know if I've ever said my name, like my last name. Okay, well, now you know. So welcome. On this episode, we are going to be discussing awareness and we're going to discuss awareness through, I guess God showed it to me through creation week and how important it was for there to be light. Okay, let's get into this episode. Okie dokie. So on this episode, I would like to give a listener shout out to another podcast. Um, It is a podcast that has... It's fairly new, so many people may not know about it yet, but I was listening to one of their episodes uh, this week, which I actually listened, ended up listening to quite a few of their episodes, I ended up binging, and the reason why it definitely caught my attention more so this with these episodes than the other ones is because I did have um, a, a lady who I'm just, I really appreciate her work, she was the first person that I saw within Adventism who was willing to present biblical psychology and counseling. And it definitely created a huge interest uh, for me in this area of understanding mental health, understanding a lot of things related like to cognitive understanding in the context of psychology. So yeah, her name is Jennifer Jill. Schweizer. Um, I hope I pronounced that sort of half decent. Um, so please check out her stuff. Uh, she has a series on YouTube. So if you search 3ABN, if you put this in the search bar, 3ABN Jennifer Jill Schweizer, her last name is spelt S-C-H-W-I-R- Z-E-R or Z-E-R for the American peeps. Um, If you search her and 3ABN, you will get two series that she has done. One is called Multitude of Counselors. Extremely good series. I have watched all of those. And then she does another one which is called Intimate Clarity. Let me double check that. I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Um... And you know what's going to happen now that I'm trying to find it really quickly for you guys, it's not going to come up, but it should come up because I've already, yes, good job, Catalina. Intimate clarity. So she does clarity on equal partnership, um, clarity on divorce, just does a really, really great set. Um, of presentations. So check her out. But now back to the podcast. (laughs) So the podcast is called the Overflow Podcast. And uh, the guy that runs that, so it's it's two hosts. So I'm really sorry, but I don't know uh, the other gentleman's um, name. I know his last name is a complicated last name, but uh, the main host that I'm aware of, obviously, is Carl Lindsay. And yes, I encourage you to check out that podcast. It's called The Overflow Podcast. And Carl, when he wanted to begin up his podcast, he said, you know, I wanted to focus on a podcast that would help promote and I guess 
yeah, highlight the fact that as Christians, we can live a life um, that is overflowing uh, and abundance in terms of how God can provide for us and how God can sustain us and how God can help us. So, yes, thank you, Carl Lindsay, for... I, but I don't know if you're really a supporter of the podcast, but hey, we're all podcasters, so I guess we all um, appreciate each other in one way or another. But I really wanted to give you a shout out because that uh, series really blessed me. So he's done. It's a four part series. Three parts are up at the moment. They've been published. So one is talking about codependency, which, oh, that one was like, I'm like, I think that Jennifer knows me. Uh, she's treated me or something. It just felt like she spoke about so many things that were so relevant to my life. So I encourage you to listen to that one. The other one was about loneliness. Um, and the other one was about trauma. And she just is, she's just so knowledgeable and gives so much information. Honestly, it's free therapy if, if I can say anything. Um, they probably don't want it intended to be free therapy, but I know that you will come out of those, uh, specifically those three podcasts with, um, a lot of stuff to reflect on. Okay. Enough of an intro. Um, I wanted to speak about this morning. Uh, I, I was reading through Genesis and, um, obviously Genesis one, and I, I got stuck on verse one. So I, I was like, yeah, I just want to go through creation week again and just have a look at Genesis one. I didn't get any further than Genesis one, one. Um, for those who may not know, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth verse two, and the earth was without void, without form and void. And the darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And he said, let there be light. And there was light. So as I'm, I I read like two verses past that. And then I was like, no, no. I'm like in the beginning. I'm like, as I thought of like the very first verse for Genesis, the book that gives us an idea of, how everything was created and what the beginning of humanity looked like in the context of creation. It says in the beginning, God gave light. It was the first thing that God gave. And I just, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there are people that have experienced it before where you just have this moment where you're like, how have I skipped through this verse so many times and not realize like just the power and the heaviness of what that meant so anyway so I was like stuck on that and I'm like God out of everything that you could have done first you created light and as I really thought of that and and as I tried to apply it in something that was a little bit deeper than just I guess oh you know when you made the world you turned the light on because that's just how I usually see it. Um, you turned the light on, but I'm like, that was the element. That was the first thing you chose to do. And it was crucial for the rest of creation. So I'm going to read to you. So some, I don't even know how to tell it. It's, I guess it's the stages of arise on right. Arise is, um, like a Bible college where they just teach you more importantly about your faith 
But secondly, they also teach you about how to witness, how to do Bible work, how to door knock, how to give out Bible studies. So it's very practical, but there's a lot of like intellectual, theological um, concepts that are taught to you at Arise. So they have this little, it's like the stages. I don't even know because I haven't even, I haven't actually done Arise. My husband uh, did do Arise in Kingscliff, but it has like stages, I guess. It's it's the narrative or the story of the Bible and they've put it into little, like into stages. I've divided it. Okay, so I'm going to read you all the stages, but I'm going to focus on recreation. Okay, so we have the prologue. Um, I could almost read you all these things. Let me not. Okay, so the first stage is the prologue. Then we have pre-creation. Then we have creation, then we have the fall, then we have covenant, we have Messiah, we have church, we have recreation, we have the telling as the final one. So the recreation here that it focuses on is uh, basically the second coming. So it's the stages where the Bible speaks of Jesus coming and the world being recreated and us being able to experience the world as it was before the fall. Um, and so, yeah, it's the recreation of God's original creation. So as I thought about that and I thought about, you know, God's, so I'm making the connection between Genesis one, and then I'm making the connection between arise and, and the stages and this, this stage of recreation where things are made new. I, as I tied it back and connected it, because uh, that's what we do on the Connected Adventist podcast. We make lots of connections. As I connected it um, with the Christian journey, I realized that one of the most important aspects of being a Christian is having awareness of who we are. And I believe that in some instances, not all, I totally understand that, Different people have different um, testimonies to have different experiences. So I'm not going to be telling you all that this is what I believe and this is how it is. But I do believe that in a majority of cases, the beginning of conversion or the beginning of recreation starts with the light being turned on with a certain degree of awareness that did not exist prior to that light being turned on. Now, as I, as, I, as I was stuck on Genesis 1, and I'm like, in the beginning, God, out of everything, you chose to put a light. You, cho- you chose to give light to whatever. I mean, there's so many aspects of creation that I don't think we can really comprehend how it all worked out. But you chose to begin by showing light, by giving light, by, I don't know how that light was specifically created, what, what its form was, but things were in darkness and now there is light. And I always think of it, it's like a room. I mean, I wake up really early and I know what it's like when I turn the light on in my bedroom, when I've, my alarm has just gone off and your face, you do that like, you know, oh, that's so bright kind of face. I know what it's like once you turn that light on. It can be really overpowering. It can be really overwhelming. But if you can push through that awkwardness of your eyes trying to just 
get used to the fact that now everything's really bright, you are able to see. And as I go through this idea of awareness and this idea of, hey, their light has been turned on and now God can see, not that God couldn't see, but anyway, whatever, let's not get complicated like that. The point is God chose to put a light. He placed a light in this area where he was now going to create. Light shows us the things we need to see, but I will sincerely say that light can also show us things that we've been trying to hide. And with that, with that awareness, with that light being turned on in us, a spiritual light through the awareness that the Holy Spirit brings to us, there are things that are going to be the beginning of our Christian journey can come from us being able to see things we have never seen, the good and the bad. And I've always wondered because, you know, if we have a look in the gospel, the first message that was given in terms of accepting Christ or maybe not even accepting Christ because this was even the message of John the Baptist was to repent and be baptized the first call that was made in the beginning to the people that were listening to John the Baptist's message was repent and be baptized. Now, the only way for someone to repent and be baptized is because you have to be aware of your condition in the light of God's glory and God's holiness. The only way that you're going to see that you need to repent is for someone to turn the light on. And when you turn the light on of God, you are going to see the beauty of his character. You're going to see the greatness of the God that he is. But at the same time, you're going to see the stuff that maybe you've intentionally been trying to hide or maybe the stuff that you just didn't realize was wicked or was evil in your life. And... I think that I I preached a sermon and I don't like saying that I preached a sermon. I must say I don't like I don't like me and preaching in the same sentence, but I I spoke. I spoke at an online church and if you want to check it out, that you can go check that out cuz yeah, I've actually been on that um at that church a few times. They've invited me, so that's a little exciting. Uh, so I will, let me find it so I can give you the details. So it's Bendigo, oh, Bendigo Seventh-day Adventist Church. So if you find them on Facebook and they have a live stream page, which is, let me see what their page for their live streams is. Bendigo SDA Live is their other page <clears throat> if you're just wanting the live uh, presentations so i i was asked to speak there not preach i spoke um i was asked to speak about condemnation and who condemns us or are we condemned and as i prepared for that speech as i prepared for that sermon there was a clear distinction between condemnation and conviction. And I think within Christianity, we have distorted the difference for whatever reason, maybe just different theological understandings or whatever, but 
we when we feel condemned we see that as conviction and when we experience conviction we see that as condemnation or perceive that as condemnation when they're actually two very different things in my belief i believe that condemnation biblically condemnation was when someone ruled over another person or made a ruling over another person to give them a punishment or a consequence for breaking the law or doing something wrong. Now, if we're totally honest, <clears throat> we're all condemned from day one. Like <laughs> we, we're all going to sin in one way or another. Therefore, condemnation is always going to exist as part of our walk on a sinful world. So the condemnation or maybe the ruling that will be placed on humanity because of the fall is that we will die. There is going to be this this point in which we are all going to die because of sin and because we have all sinned in one way or another. So the condemnation, the ruling has always been there. It always will be there. However, conviction is very different. Conviction, and this is where I want to um, really just highlight and to give clarity to anyone who at the moment, you know, you may be feeling condemned. You may be going through a stage in your Christian journey that you're like, you know what, this is probably the most evil or the most sinful or the most worldly that I've lived my whole life. And because of that experience that you may be having right now, you're feeling an abundance of condemnation. Now, again, condemnation is something, is a ruling that we are all going to have. We've all been sentenced to... We've all made the choice, actually. We've all made the choice to accept the fact that, yes, we are going to die as a result of sin. However, conviction, and throughout my presentation on that, um, on that online church, I was very intentional at saying the fact that conviction is one of the biggest gifts that God can give us. Conviction is a blessing. Conviction feeling uncomfortable or feeling like this isn't probably what I should be doing right now is one of the most powerful gifts and the most powerful demonstration of God's love in our lives. And I believe within Christianity, we have distorted and we have made conviction be something that people dread, be something that people don't, aren't thankful for and something that makes people so uncomfortable when really when we experience conviction I, I think that is probably one of the greatest demonstrations that God loves us and that God is with us I often believe that when people are in sin or when I've been in stages in my life where I have been totally knowing that I'm in sin Conviction is supposed to be something that is supposed to give us hope that there is something better. But because we see conviction as attached to shame and guilt and embarrassment and fear and anxiety, because condemnation is often attached to those emotions, we then make a decision that conviction is just not pleasant. Conviction is not good. Where really, yes, the the emotions that conviction may bring may not be pleasant 
Um, they may not be something that we just are like, oh, I just want to stay in this conviction as long as I can because I just love feeling shame and guilt. It's not, <clears throat> it's clearly not going to be like that. But I think conviction is like here in Genesis 1. It's, the, it's God is turning on the light to begin recreating us. And recreating us, just as Arise, you know, talks about recreation in the context of the second coming. Um, they also do talk about it, about the recreation of, of us as, as individuals. So it's not just purely the second coming. There is uh, a bit of emphasis placed on the recreation that God does in our lives, in our hearts and in our minds. But I see conviction as Genesis 1. I see that God is like, this is the beginning. When we experience conviction, it is the beginning of a work that God is going to do. In the beginning, we see that from then on, God moves on to stages of creating the world in the beauty and the fullness of what he desired it to be. He created the animals, he created the seas, he separated the land, like God began the masterpiece of creating the world by turning the light on. And conviction is exactly the same. In the Christian walk, when we have conviction or when we have awareness, if, if, that's a, if you, you can relate better to that word, when we have awareness, one, that there is something better, when we are aware of what God is, who God is, how he interacts with us. And then secondly, when we see it in the context of the stuff that we wanted, haven't wanted to see, or the things that we have hidden, when we turn the light on and are able to experience conviction, because now we are aware of the things that, uh, I guess, are just are ripping us off or depriving us of something so much greater, something that God has to offer that is worth so much more than whatever condition we're in, whatever choices we're making right now, when we can see the light on and see that contrast between what we're choosing now and what God can offer, I think that is the beginning of God recreating us as he wanted us in the beginning. And... I guess that is just the process of us being polished, being refined, being transformed, being molded. That light is turning on every day. God is wanting to have a beginning with us every day in different aspects of our lives. He wants us to have an awareness of what's going on in all areas of our lives because he has something else better to offer. He has something so much better. And when he turns that light on, when he gives us conviction, when he calls us to repent and be baptized, it's because he's wanting to be able to begin that process, but that process can only become, become begin and come through awareness. One of the biggest things that um, they say when people are wanting to go into rehabilitation for substance abuse or for, um, you know, any type of abuse 
or to change uh, certain aspects of their lives, their behavior, their character. They always say that the most important thing is, is that the person is aware of their behavior not being something that is healthy, not being, I guess, the best for them. And in order for someone to really succeed in rehabilitation or to succeed in any type of like personal growth, personal development, they need to understand that they have a need. They have to have a deeper awareness that the way that they're living right now is not the way they want to live their lives. And I remember there was, I don't know what I was listening to. I was listening or watching something and it was a, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what it was. I remember seeing the lady, so I was obviously watching something, but she was talking about how she was treating someone. So she was a psychologist. She was treating someone. Oh, that's what it was. It was on um, a podcast, but I watched it on YouTube. So it's called School of Greatness with Lewis Howes. So they have, um, it's a secular podcast, but they always have really interesting guests on who share a lot of really, really good information. And this psychologist, and so she said she was treating someone and basically the person she was treating maintained, remained in a victim mentality where her patient just kept basically blaming everyone else. And then it got to the point where the patient started blaming this psychologist the one that's been interviewed, started blaming her that the reason why she wasn't advancing in her progress or why she wasn't, you know, I guess, achieving certain goals in processing whatever it was that she was trying to work through, she would blame it on the psychologist. And then this psychologist was like, I don't know, something's just not right. And so she managed to get permission from her patient to contact her previous psychologist and talk to the previous psychologist just to see what they had worked through so that she could maybe try a different option rather than repeating what the other psychologist had done. So this psychologist, the patient gives her um, permission to do that because it's confidential and all that kind of stuff. So this psychologist, her current psychologist rings her previous psychologist and they have start having a discussion. And the previous psychologist is like, yeah, the reason why I had to tell her that you know this probably wasn't going to work was because of the exact same thing she's doing to you the blame was always passed on to someone else and then when she couldn't pass it on to anyone else she passed it on to me and that's that's what I'm trying to I guess emphasize this idea of when the light is turned on when God is bringing about conviction he wants us to have awareness of what our flaws are what our weaknesses are, so that we can surrender them to him and allow him to work. In the end, the psychologist that was being interviewed told this lady, told this patient, said to her, look, I actually can't work with you either. I don't think this is going to be uh, productive for you. I don't think we're the best fit in terms of, you know, my practice and, and, you know, your expectations. And two psychologists ended up having to, you know, discontinue their, their agreement, their contract agreement, 
uh, to work together because this person was not willing to be aware of her own issues. And I think within Christianity, sometimes we do the same thing. Sometimes there are things that God is trying to resolve, trying to fix, trying to change. But because we don't want to let the light in, we don't want to turn the light on and see the things that God wants us to see, we actually lose a big part of the work that God can do, the recreation that God can do in all aspects of our lives. So yeah, I pray that as you read in the beginning, whenever you read about creation week, I pray and hope that you can have a look at the importance of the light and that God gave that light to begin with. He didn't have to because he later then goes and creates the sun and the moons and the stars and the beginning of creation began with light, began with showing the space that they were going to work on. And it began by lighting up the area so that we could see what was going on. So we could see that, you know, the land was going to appear and that the animals were going to be there and that the vegetation was going to be there. He didn't create anything in darkness. He created it in light. And with us, it's the same thing. The work that he wants to create in us, he wants to create it in the light. He wants to create it with awareness. And awareness often, most often, comes with conviction. So I hope that you can find that wherever God is convicting you on, wherever God is making you a little uncomfortable, or maybe he's like, there's a better way, I really pray and hope that you can see that as a light being turned on. It's the beginning of of God wanting to recreate that area of your life, that behavior, that way of thinking, that way of feeling, that way of interacting, that way of responding, whatever it is. May you see conviction as the light being turned on and the beginning of a process that is going to create something that is so much better than whatever you have now. Yeah, in the beginning, guys, in the beginning is a demonstration of something great that God is going to do in our lives. So may you trust it, may you hold on to it, and yeah, may we all enjoy the recreation process that God has for each one of us in all aspects of our life. All right, until next week, my prayer, my hope, and my desire is that you stay warm in God's love, stay cool for Jesus' name, and may we allow the beginning to begin with us through the power of the Holy Spirit as he gifts us with conviction about things in our lives that he can do so much better. All right then, see ya!